This is a special series dedicated to supporting the success of the Royal Canadian Legion. There are several Legion branches across the country which are struggling, and several others which have closed down. And yet, there are other branches which are thriving. The intent of this series is to investigate why some branches thrive while others wither away. At the end of the series, I will do a conclusion episode with the do's and don'ts of successful branches. This roadmap to success will be available to all branches and to National Command. It is my sincere hope that the Legion embraces this information to create a plan to move forward and to ensure the survival and success of the Royal Canadian Legion. When the Legion succeeds, the entire veteran community succeeds. It is crucial that the RCL continues to be a cornerstone of veteran support and advocacy. This can only be done by attracting more veterans into leadership roles within the organization. Attracting more veterans can only be done by creating a warm and welcoming environment for the veteran community. Please, share this episode with as many Legion members as you can. Together, we can save the Royal Canadian Legion. And we're rolling live on all of the channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, and etc. And thank you so much for Pierre to join me to talk about how to save Legion and see what you come up with, what your thoughts are, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So this will be episode two. Pierre, thanks for joining me today. Oh, glad to be here. All right. So we were just talking about your service. You went from the Navy to the infantry. Yeah. That's that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in 1969, when I joined up in the Navy, I was a, a radio operator. And uh, then there was rumors going through the air, Canada might be involved in the Vietnam War. And uh, my dad is a veteran. My dad was still in the forces. So then my brother joined up. So we were very military-based. And I said to myself, oh, wow, Vietnam War. I'm in the Navy. I'm going to miss out on this. So I remustered into the infantry. And uh, I had asked for the Van Dues, but they said, well, we don't have any openings in the Van Dues, so we're sending you to the PPCLI. Uh, okay, well, go to the PPCLI. And uh, the reason they gave me, well, you speak both languages, so you can go to either one. So I ended up with the PPCLI, went to Cyprus with the PPCLI in uh, 71. Then when we came back, I got my uh, transfer then to the Van Dues. And I went to the 3rd Battalion in Valkarchi. I was there for a bit, and then I went to uh, the 1st Battalion in Germany. So when I came back from that, I uh, not seeing any action or anything. I might as well try to look somewhere else for action. So I did 24 years with uh, the Coast Guard, and now I'm with Environment Canada. Oh, wow. Is it still going? Oh, yeah, I'm still going. <laughs> Did you find any kind of a culture shock between the Patricias and the Van Dues, or was it a fairly easy transition? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, um, surprising. Um, when I was with the PPLI, uh, I had, at the time, quite a few guys coming up and saying, hey, Frog, you know, the, it didn't bother me any. I knew a lot of the guys were just kidding me, and, but uh, the discipline from 
comparing uh, the, the puke shellai and the vanduas was completely different. Uh, I found the uh, puke shellai, well, at least the first battalion, uh, were very um, British style. Uh, you know, when it comes to attention, there's a snap. And when I got to the vanduas, well, just to piss me off for a while, they kept me from putting on a Van Dues badge on my beret, uh, the, the beaver. They say, keep your peeps your eye. Because when we come to attention, everybody did it differently than me, or we opened ranks. Uh, there was just a full paw. Yeah, the, the way it was done, and the peeps your eye were come up and snap, and you bring your you know your your knee right up to your belly button almost and uh, snap down. And the Van Dues were just a little bit calmer, and they were saying, hey, <clears throat> you're probably an Englishman stuck inside the body of a Frenchman. So, <laughs> you know, you just hold still, calm down. Well, eventually, when a couple of weeks before I did go to Germany with the first baton, then I had my, my beaver. And now I'm part of both associations. I'm veterans associations with the, the Van Dues and the Peep Shillai, the two best units in Canada. Well, there you go, sticking with your roots. That's right. How long have you been involved with the Legion? Um, at present time, about uh, four years. Okay. And what uh, what had you think that you wanted to put uh, your time towards Legion? What was it that inspired you to get involved? Well, exactly what I was saying to you earlier about uh, in Ontario, I went to a few of the Legions there, and uh, there were no veterans neither serving members of the armed forces. You had these legion cells, branches, with no military participating. And then here in Quebec City, well, we have a a pretty good uh, uh, contingent, if you want, of uh, veterans. And even some of the the younger fellows that are in the, the forces right now coming to the Legion. So I don't know if it's um, cultural, but uh, I don't know. It just seems that uh, the the Legion here has more activities. And uh, when you go there, uh, when they have meetings or whatever, it's usually full, uh, usually pretty full. And uh, I felt kind of sad, though, uh, especially in Ontario. Uh, that some of the legions, no veterans, no serving member, and uh, that's, I mean, it's a legion. So what do you think the gap is? What do you think it is about the legion that the veterans don't feel welcome or don't feel interested in attending? What is it about the legion that's pushing them away? Uh. I think the the younger generation want to stick with the younger generation, and they feel that uh, the the legions of today is for the old folks, and uh, that's the feeling that I'm getting. It's uh, we're not part of the same culture, you know. Uh, our ideas are different. Uh, um, we're the old guys, and the mentality is different. Um, the well, way they... what about guys my generation? I'm 52, uh, so as okay. a, a '90s area uh, '90s era uh, veteran from the Balkans. What about guys my age or 
um, people my age. What could the, what could the Legion do better to bring more of us over? What what needs to change? Well, <laughs> again, uh, in my Legion two six five, um, we have people even from the Korean War, and I think we still have uh, two or three from the Second World War that come in. Wow! And we have them from all generations from the Balkans also. Uh, when the Van Dues went there and uh, uh, different missions like the Golan Heights and, uh, well, from everywhere that Van Dues have served. And we even have some young, young guys that have only been in the Army maybe a year and a half, two years. So it, it's, I can only give you my perspective of what's going on here. So and what how, I saw in Ontario, how's two six five doing then? So you you say that uh, the crowds are pretty good, and how, how do the books yeah. look at two six five? Looks pretty solid. I have, oh yeah, it looks pretty solid. On Fridays, there's always a uh, a get together with a uh, like a dinner and uh, uh, let's say the beer flows. <laughs> so, what do you think it is that's different about your branch than other branches? Why do you think your branches? Uh, being successful, whereas other branches are closing up their doors. Now that's that, that, that's a hard one to answer. That's the whole um, point of this series. <laughs> yeah, I know, because <laughs> no. uh, maybe it's the the where the the the, the local the branch is. It's about halfway between Valcarci, which is the big military base here in the So you city. just think location? Yeah. Uh, could be location, yeah. I would say definitely a good part of it is location. Um, right near a shopping center, uh, a main artery, um, about halfway between Valcarci and the Citadel, so you and you have uh, two infantry battalions, well, actually three infantry battalions in the area, one, two, and three, um, artillery, uh, armored corps. Uh, it's pretty concentrated here. Plus that we have a naval base. It's not a big naval base, and there's no naval ships, but it's a it's a navy base anyway. And so there's quite a few military, and you see them around and. Uh, I don't know, the, the older folks, uh, when they see anybody in a uniform, it's right away, thank you for your service, thank you for your service. And a lot of them um, are kind of you know, surprised that uh, we thank them. So you think that and, so uh, when when people come, in, come into the Legion then, especially if they're active service, uh, mm-hmm. they, they feel welcome and their service is oh, acknowledged. Yeah, well, I, I oh, yeah. think that's a bigger answer than location. I would suggest to you that you could have the best location in the world, but if uh, veterans aren't feeling welcome, yeah. they're not going to show up like anybody else. Yeah. And uh, most of the units have their own little, uh, basically, veterans groups, like the Van Dues Association, veterans. Uh, we do have a um, happy hour once a month at the Citadel. And we uh, have it at the uh, sergeants and uh, warrant officers' mess. And then uh, once every couple of months, they have a, a dinner, and it's a uh, dress code. And uh, so there's this uh, feeling of 
belonging, bringing together. Um, anytime I go up to the Citadel with friends, you know, to show them the, the Citadel, uh, the guys that are in the, in the army now, the active, I mean, because I wear my baseball cap with a Van Du signet. Uh, are you a veteran? Yep. And right away, thank you for your service, sir. Well, I'm thanking you guys for your service. And uh, it, it gives me shivers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a, uh, there seems to be a bond, uh, even with the generations. And, uh, uh, yeah, I would say that, a bond. I don't know, it's because of the location our background. Um, but uh, we do have even a lot of uh, ang- Anglophone, well, English-speaking Bandus uh, uh, that come from New Brunswick, so they speak both languages. Um, when I first went from the Pipshalai to the Vandus, I was put in the first uh, A company, uh, and I think it was the th- uh, third platoon, a Company, 3rd Battalion, Van Dues, and the majority of the guys in the platoon were English. They had just been transferred from uh, a unit uh, the year before, yeah, a year and a half before, that had been disbanded, and I think it was uh, the Guards uh, or Black Watch. So we had guys there that had two badges on their um, on their. Uh, Yeah. They had the, the one from their unit and the one from the Van Dues, and then finally they were asked to take the one from their original unit off. And uh, so, but uh, coming back to Ontario, I was, I, I always had thought that a, a legion had to have uh, uh, serving members or veterans at least uh, to form a unit. And I doubt very much that little towns out in the country don't have veterans, but why the veterans are not going to their local branches. I would have to take a a vacation and uh, spend maybe a couple of months going around Ontario and trying to find out why. Well, that's, and that's the point of this series, right? Uh, so if you give, if you give a listen to the first one I did with Brandon Gorham and the, uh, the stats that he had, it's pretty interesting. But at the end of the day, why does anybody go anywhere? You'd, and why do you not go to other places? We only go, we don't go to somebody's house if we're not invited. And we don't go to somebody's mm-hmm. house if we don't feel welcome. We, we only go mm-hmm. where we feel welcome. And that is the bottom line. And out of the top 10 reasons uh, from, from the survey, the top reason was that they don't feel welcome. So it makes sense that your Legion branch is working because you have veteran-oriented uh, ceremonies yeah. and it's veteran-centered. But if you have no yeah, veterans uh, uh, that, that are running it, why would we show up if there's no veteran field for it? And how this series uh, started, Pierre, was because I was kicked out of a legion for sitting down, drinking a coffee, and reading a book. I was the only veteran in the place. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, okay, instead of complaining about it, what can I do about it? 
you know, how can I help the Legion so that this doesn't happen? Because when I first reached out for help about five or six years ago, it was the Legion that picked up the ball. Uh, it was Northwest Command, and they're the ones that helped mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got a, a dog in, you know, in this game. <laughs> and I want the Legion to succeed because I have a real soft spot in my heart for it. To, to do that, though, we can't be blaming veterans. Well, the veterans just got to show up. Well, they would if we had a place that they felt was home for them. Yeah, exactly, home. Um, when I first went to the, the 265 branch here, um, I had a peep shell I, uh, sweatshirt on, and uh, the guys looked at me. Oh, pickly. And uh, come on in, have a beer. And I, then they noticed my baseball cap with the Van Dues, well, R22R veteran. And they. Well, what the hell? The <laughs> so I, when I explained to them, I, I, you're peep sly or whatever you want, uh, you know, come on in. This is home. So I've been there all, all this time. And nobody says anything. We have uh, Navy guys coming in. We've got guys from military police. Uh, um, oh, basically, every all the trades uh, show up there at one time or another. And, uh, yeah, there's a pretty good uh, cohesion there. Well, it's a feedback loop. So you walk in. There's other veterans. You feel welcome. Yeah. They feel welcome. Everybody feels at home. Now, the other way that it happens, though, and uh, this is a story here again and again and again, is somebody walks in, they're the only veteran there, and they get looked at by the civilians that are there. Um, in my yeah. case, it was the bingo players. And uh, they get looked yeah. at um, like, what the hell are you doing in our house? And you feel like an yeah. intruder. You know, The opposite of feeling welcome. You feel like an uh, unwelcome yeah. intruder. And... Um, it, it, because it went so far the other way that once the um, the civilian population of the Legion realized, hey, we got our own private club, this is great, then they want to protect it because they've lost yeah. sight that this isn't for them. They are supporters. They're supporters. Yeah. This is for veterans. And, and the veteran has to have uh, a little bit of a red carpet treatment when they walk through the door. But the opposite is what's happening in these branches, which is why they're failing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I be just excused for about 10, 15 seconds? Okay. Uh, I'll just say mother nature is. I'll be right here. (laughs) And you're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast. We are doing the save the the series, save the RCL series. This is episode two with Pierre Valliers out of Legion branch number 265. (laughs) And he doesn't realize that we can actually hear you because Pierre, we can hear you because you have a microphone on your headphones. Those are wireless headphones, so we can hear you right now. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, can can hear you completely. All right. Okay. So, are there other branches? that, that you know of that, that have been closing up shop that have had to close their doors in your uh, general area? Yeah, no, not in this area. Not that I know of. I haven't heard of anything 
No, because um, we have the Legion branch. We have the Van Doos that have their own um, set up at uh, the Citadel. Okay. Um, there's a, a veterans club for the Van Doos that have been to Europe. Uh, there's a, a Van Do organization for those that have been outside the country, whether it's uh, Europe, Cyprus, or uh, the Golan Heights or whatever to have you. So it's very active in the area, very active. They have their own motorcycle uh, clubs, mm-hmm. and they meet up at the at the branch, and uh, there's a lot. What sort of programs does your branch do that you think um, people enjoy the most that has them coming back and attending the Legion? Like what sort of activities and events and what do you think your secret sauce is? Uh, In the mornings uh, during the week, uh, between 9 and 11, people can come in, have a coffee and donuts. And uh, then on Fridays, well, they have the uh, happy hour. And uh, it usually starts at around 3 in the afternoon and goes up to about 7, 8, 9 o'clock, depending on how many people are there. They have a, you know, a, a buffet, a, a lunch. Or, and it's usually full house, especially on Fridays. And uh, a lot of guys are really close. They've been, you know, together for, for a while. And once they get a hold of a, some of the new guys – uh, the new, new, new guys come back to listen to the stories or uh, <laughs> bring in their stories and the people listen. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a special group, or a, sm- a special little group of people that we have here in the city, but uh, that's the way it's turning out. And even on uh, Wednesday mornings um, at 7 o'clock, at the biggest shopping mall in the uh, in the city, um, the first people who arrive there are veterans, and there's about a hundred of us, and uh, you get them from all the different trades, uh, medics, van you know, dues, and uh, the um, um, uh, I don't know the word in English, where, where they have the uh, uh, coffee shops and uh, fast food. Well, there's a certain area that's just designated for military on Wednesday mornings. You go there at 7 o'clock, and there's about anywhere from 80 to 100, sometimes 120 veterans, and even some of the uh, new new generation uh, soldiers or sailors end up there and have coffee, shoot the bull, <laughs> and uh, they'll have the flags. They'll have a, a, a little tiny ceremony, you know, I remember the guys from the past, and then they'll have a, uh, on a, a table or two people who have passed away. And, you know, you take a look and you can read their obituaries. And uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it... sorry. It's all right. But it's nice. Some of the guys come in with, uh, we have a couple of guys that specialize in old uniforms. And uh, guys come in with their uh, uh, paratroopers, complete paratroopers, authentic 
paratroopers' uh, uniforms from World War II, and uh, you know people walk around. Now, other guys come in with German uniforms, and uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, nice. Uh, and a lot of civilians go by and they'll start asking questions, and but that's the way it's been for a couple of years. I, Matter I, of fact, it's one of our guys that managed to get the the veterans' uh, license plate. Oh, wow. One of the guys from our group. And uh, here in Quebec, we don't have to pay for the uh, uh, license plate. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, even got to meet the minister uh, that uh, signed the little dotted line saying, okay, you guys are going to have your own license plate. Um, what I'm hearing, Pierre, uh, through everything as I listen and I listen and I read in between the lines of everything that I've heard you say is the bottom line, the reason that 265 is successful is because it's veteran-focused. Because it's yeah, veteran-focused, it um, the the troops feel welcome. Because they feel welcome, mm-hmm. it is succeeding. And it's just that simple. If it's veteran-focused, mm-hmm. they feel welcome. If they feel welcome, they show up. If they show up, it succeeds. Simple, simple yeah. formula. And we do have civilians coming in there. And that, sure. It's just not uh, military. But I would say um, 70 to 80% of the, the people that actually go to the, the Legion here, uh, 265 at least, are military. And the other 20, 25, 30% are civilians. Uh, civilians that work there. But they, in general, were either married or related to a military person. So, but uh, there are civilians that do come in from off the street, and uh, they're welcome like anybody else. Well, that's yeah. great, and it's working, and that's that's oh, yeah. that's it's the working. bottom line. Two six five is working. Mm-hmm. It's successful. It's thriving. And what do you think has to continue? I mean. What threats are there for it to not do well? Like, are there any do's and don'ts that are just sacred at the Legion that, or is it that are consciously thought of like, hey, you never do this, but you always do that? Are there any like hard rules that uh, you have in mm. place that, that maintain the success of the Legion? Or, or is it just working? I would say it's just working. Just working. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of a, an occasion that uh, they were really severe with us. I can't think of any. The pandemic didn't help. No, it's not uh, helpful to anybody. No. Um, once we started uh, the, the branch up again uh, in the last couple of months, seriously, oh, we noticed that uh, quite a few faces were missing. And the first thing was uh, certain people from uh, the association, uh, from the branch, started looking into it. Okay, this person passed away on a certain day. This guy passed away. This one passed away. And, uh, yeah, um, matter of fact, matter of fact, a really nice gentleman that I met there. And... uh, he was the last person I talked to uh, at at the branch just as the pandemic pandemic was starting, and the following week, uh, 
the branch was closed because of the pandemic and he passed away a, a week later after that. So, uh, no, it's sad, but life goes on. We have new faces coming in. Yeah. And we pass the word. Uh, I meet, uh, kind of interesting to see the little license plate and you pass by the guy. Hey, uh, have you been to a legion? Oh, I don't even know where it is. Well, here it is. You know, show them a little piece of paper and, uh, well, look on your map here. Okay, we're located there. You know where this building is? Yeah, okay. Well, we're just maybe 200 feet past there. Uh, then all of a sudden, what do we see? And the guy's face come popping in. and Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Pierre, I think we're about there. Um, I, I think I got what uh, I was hoping to get from you. And thank you so much for making the time today to 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 share with me your experience with two six five and what the culture is like there. I, I think that brought a lot of value. Yeah, and uh, like as I was saying earlier, it, it's sad to see a, a branch where you know there are veterans in the area, but there are none at at that branch. And uh, I can remember the first branch I ever wa- walked into was in Banff. Um, when I was with PPLI, I'd gone on a small holiday with a bunch of guys from the, the unit. And uh, this was during the October crisis. And, uh, I mean, the Banff uh, branch was loaded every night. I mean, that place was rocking. And uh, so, yeah. I've been around the branch, well, branches, for quite a while. And uh, it's sad to see, once again, I can't speak for uh, the Maritimes or Manitoba, Saskatchewan, B.C., but I know B.C. is not doing too bad. I've seen messages going, hey, we're going to meet at branch number whatever. (laughs) I even had an invitation and, uh, well, because of the distance, uh, it's a long haul for a beer. <laughs> we, we have a very, very large country. There's no doubt. All right, Pierre, uh, please stay in the line. You're listening yeah. to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I hope you found value in today's episode. If you found this episode helpful, healing, or informative, Please let me know by leaving a rating on either Spotify or Apple. And please share, share like the sugar bear on all of your social media channels. Because sharing is caring.